Welcome to the life of Jesus, lesson 11. We are going to pick up in um, chapter 2 and page 18. We're going to be looking at the rebellion and the fall of Lucifer. Now, we have already dealt with some of this in Ezekiel. And um, it's with the account in Ezekiel, people can argue maybe, you know, it was talking about Lucifer, maybe it wasn't. There's a lot of argument out there about some of those things. But when we get to Isaiah, there is absolutely no question. Uh, this is the reason why I left it uh, to last. Um, because as we go through this, now you can see all the parallels to Ezekiel, and you'll begin to realize and understand what was actually going on, and some of the things that we were discussing. And uh, because it identifies Lucifer by name, we know that's who we're talking about. Do you understand? It's not the king of Tyre, the prince of Tyre, prince of whatever. It is Lucifer himself. So, <coughs> also we saw um, the judgment that was pronounced over him in the previous um, lesson. And before we think that this judgment may have been too harsh, we're going to now consider Isaiah's account. And what he goes and reveal about Lucifer's ultimate objective in all of this. So once again, just like in Ezekiel's account here in Isaiah chapter 14, beginning in verse 12, God is speaking once again, and he says that how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, you are cut down to the ground, or literally the earth, says the NIV and the New American Standard and the New Living Translation, you who weakened the nations. Now why did I go to all that trouble of telling you all those versions have the earth there instead of the ground because we're looking once again at the fact that in the beginning God created heaven, earth, okay, the heavens to begin with, with all the dimensions and everything else, but also heaven itself and one other planet, okay, in the spiritual realm. Because there's no point in casting a demon down to a physical realm because the thing will go right through it. Do you understand? There's no, you can't damage it, amen? And so, uh, we're going to look at this one piece at a time. So I've underlined everything we're going to look at. So let's begin. Notice, first of all, that this is uh, directed to Lucifer himself. So now again, as I said before, there's no question about the fact that everything that follows now relates to him. And the earth in the spirit realm. So this is all about that earth. That's the reason why you're not, you're not going to find any of this evidence on this planet. See, this is one of the problems that we're facing. Let me just take a tiny detour. I was going to do it a bit later, but let me do it now. A lot of times people are saying, well, we can't find evidence of dot, dot, dot. If all of this happened, then there should be evidence of these things. Small problem. You're looking in the wrong realm. Okay, just like you can't prove heaven exists because there is, it's in a different realm. All right? You can't prove any of this stuff happened because it is in another realm. All right? And to say that, oh, well, this could account for, you know, if we, if we make this earth billions and billions and billions and lots of billions in there of years, then, you know, then we, can, then we can say anything we want. Only problem with that, as well, is that now mathematic, mathematics is telling us that it's not that old. So everything is telling us it's a young earth, relatively, okay? Um, and then that puts question as to where all of this is. So then they do the other ridiculous, and they say, oh, well, it all happened in a blink of an eye. You know, guys, make up your mind. You know, is it either billions of years, or it just like happened like this? 
which is a bit ridiculous as well. When, because, see, they're not thinking in real terms. They're not thinking in terms of beings that are conscious, beings that have personalities. Do you understand? These are all beings that were dedicated to God and there was a problem and it took a long time for that problem to manifest. So all of that takes time. And all of that can only be accounted for with the time frame that we have if it happened in another realm. Are you all with me? Okay. So, <coughs> so everything again relates to Lucifer. And second, notice that his name is still Lucifer. It's not Satan. Meaning that this took place in a time period long before Genesis chapter 3. Because it's not described as Lucifer in Genesis. Did you all catch that? Okay, he's not Lucifer anymore. He's called the devil, he's called lots of other things, but he's not Lucifer anymore. Alright, so as an angel before God, when he was first created, that was his name. And at his fall, that's what he was called. Alright, so we need to know which angel actually fell, and then how we're going to identify him now with all of his new names. Are you all with me? Okay. Alright. <clears throat> as to his title, Son of the Morning, that was simply to identify him as one of the Lord's creations, who according to Revelation 22:16 is the bright and morning star. It says there where Jesus himself says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you uh, these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. So Jesus is the bright and morning star. I think the key with why he was called son of the morning was because all things were created by him and for him. Do you understand? All right? That's why the angels are sometimes called the sons of God. Because they are his creations. They're his children, so to speak. Amen? All right. Now this goes uh, to further confirm what Psalm 140 had already told us in verses 1, 2, and 5. And that is, praise the Lord, praise him all his angels. Verse 5, let them praise the name of the Lord, for he commanded and they were created. So that's how, again, God created everything with the word of his power. Okay, he spoke and things appeared, which is pretty cool. All right, <laughs> so thirdly we see from Isaiah 4, uh, 14, 12 that Lucifer fell from heaven. We're, I know we've covered this before, but it's good to see it again now in Isaiah's account as well. Amen? And so again we see that Lucifer fell from heaven which is confirmed uh, by what Jesus said in Luke 10, 18, and that is, I saw Satan fall like, li like lightning from heaven. So again, we're identifying this, all right? Fourthly, as to where he fell, Isaiah 14, 12 goes on to say, to the earth, meaning that the earth being referred to must have been a spiritual earth, one that existed long before Adam and Eve in and Genesis 1, 2, and one that he could not escape from or just disappear out of sight from like he can from the natural earth. So, see, that was the other thing. If God put him on the natural earth, he would have gone, big deal. <laughs> just disappear and go somewhere else. Well, we can't see him. Do you understand? So he, they've got the... Uh, and the Bible talks about angels having the ability to appear and disappear. Do you understand? So if one angel has it, well, they all have it. It's one of their things, you know. Okay. Fifth. And finally, notice that Isaiah 14, 12 actually makes reference to nations that existed prior to the time of Adam and Eve. 
Did you catch that? How you have weakened the nations. All right? See, everybody suddenly jumps to now. Why? We haven't stopped talking about what has happened. This whole account is in the past. Do you understand? So in the latter half of verse 12 in Isaiah 14, notice again, it talks about how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. And we, as we keep reading, we're going to find that this is just going to continue forward. So there's no point, just like some of the scriptures that we read today, um, you know, about the promises God gives us. Some people look at it and go, oh, that's going to happen in the future when Jesus comes back. No, sweetheart, it's for now. If it's told now, it's for now. Unless it's very clear that it's something for the future. But don't push it off to the future if in the same sentence it's referring to things for right now. Are you all here? Amen? And the same thing we mustn't do with these verses either. All right, so <coughs> once again, um, verse 12 again makes reference to nations that existed prior to the time of Adam and Eve and letting us know that the spiritual earth did not belong to a single ruler but to several, each of which were given charge of a separate nation under God. Are you all here? Okay. So this tells us that obviously there wasn't just one, see again, it's a repeat of history. We have nations, they had nations. Do you understand? We had kingdoms, we now changed that, but they had kingdoms as well. Okay, which is very interesting the time that Jesus came. Kingdoms were still in operation. Alright, and they could understand kingdom mentality. We have a little bit more trouble today. Alright, we've got presidents and everything else. Anyway, so, uh, <coughs> and it was these nations that Lucifer weakened through violence, according to Ezekiel 28.16, and perhaps even war, since it wasn't a foreign concept to him, according to Revelation 12.7. Notice again, when he, when he went to war with Michael. Because he wanted it all for himself, meaning that it all didn't, in fact, belong to him. So this is the other misconception people had, and that was everything belonged to him. He was, you know, kind of like the ruler before Adam came. It was all his, and then when he was taken and given to Adam, he wanted it all back because it was all his to begin with, because it was given to him. It wasn't given to him. <coughs> now, you know why he wants it all back? Because he took it by violence. Think about that for a minute. Through violence, and we're going to see this in a minute. <coughs> uh, in fact, we saw it in Ezekiel. Through violence, he acquired everything down here. So he just went to war with all the other angels. Would have been something to see, like I said before, okay? Um, not as amazing as the next war that's going to come, that is when he's going to get kicked out. Because the fight that was going on was on this planet, mainly. He didn't dare try to take heaven. Not yet. See, this is the other thing that used to always puzzle me. I used to think, now... How come he suddenly woke up one day and thought he could take on God? Can we just think about this for a minute? Because sometimes we just miss everything. You know, it's just like woozy out there, you know, where there's sheets and little holes cut out for eyes and, you know, those kind of ghosty things. And this is real stuff. Do you understand? These are angels that are thinking. They, have a, they, they are intelligent. Okay? Some are a little dumb in their intelligence. All right? But what gave him the idea that he could take on God? What was it that he did to give him that kind of a mentality? 
when you begin to see this and read this, you begin to realize that if he um, forcibly fought, defeated, all right, and overtook one nation after another on this planet, and over time, literally took, on, took, took the whole planet out, okay, it all belonged to him. Not given to him, all right, but he took it by force. Okay, and I don't know whether it all happened or not. I, somewhere something went wrong. Okay, obviously, whether the angels retreated back to heaven, we don't know. Be fascinating when we're actually working on that. All right, we might need to do something like that because I can't see angels just hanging here and waiting to be captured. You know, I just reckon, okay, if they thought it was just you know too far gone, they'd head back to where they came from. Are you all with me? Because heaven and earth could still be seen. If you couldn't see it, then Satan couldn't make the threats he was making. That I will ascend. Okay? You've got to see something to ascend to it to try to take it over. Obviously, it needs to be in line of sight. Do you understand? You'll be able to, you need to see the thing to make threats, which is we're going to see in a minute. Okay. I can't help myself going ahead. Let's go back. <laughs> okay? I just want to share this with you so that you begin to grasp what's happening here. Okay? All right. <clears throat> so again, um, let me reread this. It was again these nations that Lucifer weakened through violence, according to Ezekiel's uh, Ezekiel twenty-eight sixteen. Okay, and because he wanted all all of it for himself. Now, knowing all this, now sheds a great deal of light on the statement that Jesus made about Lucifer, now Satan, in John ten ten, and that is the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Interesting, isn't it? Now you begin to understand why he said that. See, I used to always think, oh, that's what he did to the human race. No, when you read all of this stuff. See, whenever Jesus says something, it always has more meanings than we can comprehend. And he always says, be heavenly minded. Stop looking down here. There's more going on than you can see. You understand? He always says, stop being influenced by what you see, because there is an unseen realm, a more powerful realm, and more powerful principles that can operate that will override the principles on this realm. So if you want to walk on water, you can walk on water. This realm says you can't do that. That realm says, yeah, go for it. This realm, if you have two pieces of bread and five fish, or five fishes and two breads, or whatever, okay, whichever, that's all you have. That realm says, you got that, not a problem. We can multiply it and, and feed multitudes and have 12 boxes left over. That's how that realm operates. You say you have water, you need wine, not a problem. Do you understand? With that realm, it's, it's different. There's a whole other set of laws, and that's why Jesus keeps saying, you know, you get into a storm. Don't, let it, don't just let it rock your boat and sink you. Stand up, talk to the thing, shut it down. That's why Jesus was going, what is wrong with all of you? Let me give you a little insight into something. Because I'm studying way ahead of where you are right now. Okay? <laughs> Have you noticed it's very interesting how Jesus calls himself the Son of Man? You ever wonder why he kept saying that? Everybody calls him King of the Jews and everything, and he never responds to any of that. Did you know that? He doesn't respond. Even when Pilate says, are you a king? He says, yeah, but this is not my kingdom, not here. Which is why Pilate goes, 
you know, finishes with the questions, goes out and says, I find nothing wrong with this man. What is wrong with you people? Why are you bringing this guy and putting it in my... You know, I don't want to deal with this anymore. This is ridiculous. Right? <laughs> okay? Because Jesus is somewhere else. Everything he does is on another realm. So I'm, I'm hoping that as we go through this, you'll begin to think in those terms now. When he says don't retaliate. See, we think, oh, you're allowing the person to get the better of me. What he is doing is he is seeing where this violence is coming from. He is seeing how manipulative this devil is. He is seeing how he did this to angels in the past. People that could see God or beings that could see God and communicate with God directly got turned. Think about this. Amen? And so he's saying, you, you, you guys, you have no idea. When you start to go down that road, somebody hurts you and then you want to go hurt him back. And that's all coming from another realm, from another being that is influencing, that started it to begin with. And he needs you to respond to it in order for it to work for him. So when, when Jesus says things like, you know, don't retaliate and, you know, don't have hatred in your heart and forgive people and so on and so forth. He's not saying, you know, be a rug that everybody can walk on. He's saying, don't let the thing that is causing the problem manipulate you into becoming the problem. Because that's how he works. And the only way you can break it is by doing things like this. But see, we look down here, we don't see any of that, which is why I want to share all this with you. We don't see all of that, and because we don't see it, we just think, oh, God's just, just you know, messing with me, and he just wants me to suffer. And we get this suffer mentality. Because God's doing this to help us to suffer, so we can love Him more. If we only understood, God is trying to help us to not fall under the influence of something that caused all kinds of chaos in the past. Amen? So when you see this, and when God tells, when you read the Bible, and He says, don't do this or don't do that, see it as something that he is telling you, you're not seeing the whole picture. Okay? It's like you telling a child, don't go and put your hand in the fire. When you grow up and you understand about fire, then you'll understand why we told you not to do it. Right now, you see that, don't put your hand in it. Amen? Alright. <clears throat> Moving on. Jesus was speaking again from experience. He had seen what this creature was capable of and all the damage he had done in the past. And according to Isaiah 14:12, it wasn't just individuals he went after, but entire nations. And this immediately tells us that the original spiritual earth must have had angelic nations, populated with a variety of angels, ranging both in class and type, and all engaged in activities uniquely suited to them until Lucifer ruined it all, <laughs> okay, through his sin and violence. Okay, you can just imagine, you know, there would have been a beautiful society. It would have been amazing to watch. All these angels, you know, I mean, some of them can fly, some of them walk, whatever. They would just be just buzzing with activity. And, you know, and this is a time when there is no um, fatigue and no tiredness and, you know, everybody would just be happy. La, 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 la off to work. There is no Blue Monday. Okay? 
because there's no days of the week, because <laughs> there's no time there. But do you understand? It just would have been a beautiful society. So for them to even see this, it would have been, what is this? What is this? What is this anger? What is this rage? What, they probably didn't have words for it. What's up with that guy? Do you understand? All right, maybe they did know, okay? Because they were made in the image, and, and well, not in God's image, but with his intelligence, or the certain level of his intelligence. Not on our level, but still, they were intelligent. <coughs> All right, moving on. What's even sadder? Now, I've got a, a little mistake there. Could you take the what and make it a what? <laughs> okay. Or put an is there, whichever you want to do. Put an apostrophe, yes, or an is. So what is even sadder is that had the serpent not willingly allowed this ancient evil to um, inhabit its body and gain access to this realm, all this violence would have remained in the spirit realm. That's why God dealt with the serpent so harshly. With Genesis 3.14, remember again, saying, So the Lord said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go, and you shall eat, the dust, uh, eat dust all the days of your life. <clears throat> Returning to Isaiah 14, God now goes on to reveal to us in verses 13 and 14 that Lucifer's lust for power didn't just stop at taking over the world. He says, Therefore you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. See, this is the reason why I said you can't just jump, suddenly jump from verse 12, you who weaken the nations, and say, oh, that's about here, when it, the thought continues on. Notice it continues on to say, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. So that's not Lucifer saying, I'll take over the earth stuff and then I'll go to heaven. Do you understand? This is still another earth and uh, uh, the heaven in that realm. He says, now this is a bad move. He says, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. We'll look at every one of these things. I will also sit on the mount of congregation on the far, farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Ooh, Lucifer, you should not have said that. This was Lucifer's ultimate sin. We're over the page. And what finally caused his fall from grace. So let's go back and look at this now, a bit at a time. Back to verse 13. Notice again the beginning of that verse where God says, For you have said in your heart. So this immediately tells us that Lucifer had been thinking about this for quite a while. All right? When we say things in our mind, it's one thing. But when we say things in our heart, that's different. Okay? Remember Proverbs? That's why it says, be careful what you look at, be careful what you listen to. They're all gateways to your heart. And your heart is where all your life is. Amen? All right takes a meditation to put something in your heart. And so he says here, you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. Now, that's not a, you know, if you just looked at that big deal, he's ascending and descending all the time. But this wasn't one of those ascensions. This wasn't like Jacob's ladder. This wasn't like Jesus saying to Nathaniel, you know, when, yeah, I got to him. I told you I'll give you some insights when I get there. Don't ask me questions about places I haven't got to yet. All right? <laughs> okay. People come and say, now, what about this? I don't know. I haven't studied that yet. 
I'm Jesus still picking some of his disciples. All right, but <laughs> some of the things that I've found out about these guys is amazing. Okay, but it's interesting, you know, Nathaniel. Remember Nathaniel, an Israelite. Jesus said, "Who there's no deceit." Remember that. Oh, I'll give you some revelations on that when we get there. Uh, but it's interesting what he said to him. Uh, you want to know now? I won't tell you. Uh, but he. <laughs> but what he? Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> I do this to you, don't I? I always do it. I know. Jamie's going. Yeah, three, two, one. Yeah, pay up, pay up. Okay. <laughs> No, it's very interesting. Is a first. It's interesting that Jesus says an Israelite, and then he says, "In whom there is no deceit." Who was decept- deceptive? Who became Israel? Jacob. Remember, Jacob deceived his brother, deceived his father. Remember that. All right. And when he then had that, you know, encounter with God, God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. He said, you shall no longer be called Jacob or Israel. So it's very interesting when, when, when Jesus looks at Nathanael, he says, an Israel, an Israel in whom there's no Jacob. That's what it actually says. Interesting, isn't it? It's good stuff coming up, all right? There's more, but I'll leave it there, all right? But remember what he... And the other reference to... Uh, remember that it was Jacob... As he was, uh, you know, that incident took place. Remember he opened his eyes and he saw a ladder? You know what Jesus said to Nathaniel following that? He said, you say that I... Because Nathaniel, first he goes, can any good thing come from Nazareth? Remember that? Okay, all right. Put his foot in his mouth. But actually, he was true to his name. He was true to what the character that Jesus said. Because Jesus said, this guy is straight. He's transparent. He's honest to a fault. So when he saw Jesus, he said, can anything good come from, you know, Nazareth? Nazareth? Where does it say Nazareth? In the because nobody said Bethlehem. Have you noticed it's always Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus of Bethlehem? That's why even the Sadducees, the Pharisees, all of them thought that he was the Messiah. Because Messiah was to come from the city of the king. Bethlehem. David city. Do you understand? That's, that's why he said it, alright? Anyway, but it's interesting that the second reference, first the reference is to Israel and Jacob, okay? An Israelite in whom there is no deceit, alright? And the second thing is, he says, from now on you shall see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Interesting, isn't it? Another reference to that point in time. So we're going to learn all of that stuff when we get to it. Why I went there, I don't know now. Okay, so anyway. <laughs> oh, the ascension, yeah. All right, so <laughs> that was the point I was making. It wasn't a big deal to see angels ascending and descending. So f- to have this statement just by itself wouldn't be a big problem, except what follows it. The intent of his ascent. Why is he going up there? Okay, it's not to visit with God. All right. Now let's look at some of these things. For him to ascend into heaven means that the place he was located must have been below heaven. Because you can't go up unless you're down. Yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing revelation. You can go home with that now. Think, oh wow, you can't go up until you're down. That's that's (laughs) okay. So for him to say that he's for him to say I will ascend 
It means wherever he was located, it was below heaven. Okay, all right, point number one. Which Revelation 12.9 uh, confirms to be the earth by saying, so the great dragon was cast to, okay, the earth, which means down to the earth. Next he goes in the same Isaiah 14.13, I will exalt my throne, listen carefully, huh? I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Now firstly, notice that Lucifer then means it, he did have a throne. Did you get all of that? Okay, he said, I will ascend my, or exalt my throne. He was given a throne. Okay, alright. <clears throat> now, thrones are usually occupied by kings. Except when you are the little boys, right? That's a different throne, okay? <laughs> okay? But you understand, normally a throne means a king, means dominion, okay? Means nations and so on and so forth. Are you getting all of this, okay? Like the nation of Israel had a king, David, yada, yada, yada. All right, so, <clears throat> meaning that the references to kings in Ezekiel 28, 17 and nations in Isaiah 12, uh, 14, 12 were in fact describing an angelic existence on earth in the spirit not so different to our own history of ex existence with angelic rulers, kingdoms, and nations. Alright, so just the way we had it, they had it. <coughs> Excuse me. Second, notice that Lucifer's intention was to exalt his throne, meaning that he was planning to launch an attack on heaven itself. You're catching this, okay? But not before he first boasted in verses 13 and 14 saying, I will also sit on the mount of uh, congregation on the farther sides of the north, which Psalm 48 verses 1 and 2 tell us is Mount Zion, where God sits on his throne and where all the angels congregate to offer worship to him. Okay? Or, yeah, to offer worship. It should be a two there. Sorry about that. What's wrong with that sentence? Okay. For later. <coughs> Verse 14, he says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, once again indicating that Lucifer's throne was below the clouds, and therefore most likely on earth. Alright, so when we, normally when we think about clouds, we think about the earth, then we have clouds, okay? Are you all with me? So there are lots of references and, and um, points that let us know that this earth was very much like the spiritual earth was very much like our natural earth. It must have had clouds as well, all right? which is interesting. All right? And so he, all of these things are to help us to understand <coughs> where Lucifer was located all right? and what his intentions were. And notice every step tells us where he was and where he was going through past to where he wanted to get to. Okay? All right. <coughs> Sorry. So once again, so again he says, I will ascend above the height of the clouds, indicating that Lucifer's throne was again below the clouds and therefore most likely on earth. And he says, I will be like the most high. Now the phrase, I will be like the most high, tells us two things immediately. First, even Lucifer himself knew he wasn't the most high. Hello. Amen. He said, I will be like the most high. He wasn't, he knew it. Alright, second, it proves, and I want to make this point now, 
that good and evil are in no way equal and opposite forces. Some of the uh, Eastern religions, you know, the yin and the yang and all that, they have, you know, it's equal, good and equal, bad and all that stuff. Okay, ain't true. Alright, if you're going to draw it, you'd have this massive white thing and a bitty, bitty black dot. If anything. Are you all getting me? Okay. <laughs> Alright. So one is the creator, the other the created. Only one is omnipresent, which is everywhere all the time. The other can only be in one place at one time. In short, only God is the most high. The other is, like I said, not so high. I, I'm sorry, I just had to put that in. <laughs> okay. All right. As a, as a result, what Lucifer thought would be his greatest triumph turned out to be his greatest failure and led to his ultimate ruin with God saying in Isaiah 14, 15, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol or hell, says the King James, to the lowest depths of the pit. This was when hell was created for a dishonest, greedy, violent war criminal named Lucifer. Amen? was never for us. As we saw earlier, God used the fire that burned within Lucifer to form and fashion it. Now I've got a reference down the bottom in Ezekiel when he says, Therefore I brought fire from your midst. Okay? We looked at that before. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew 25, 41 that it was created spe uh, specifically for Lucifer, the devil, and his angels. Also the reference is there. Okay? Never mankind. Amen? Alright. That's the reason again that only those who decide to reject God and side with Lucifer will end up there. You know, it's, you want to go with him? Well, go with him. Go live with him. Okay? Now, in order to find out how he was brought down to hell, we need to go to Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7. This would have been something to behold. It says, And there was war in heaven. Notice, Lucifer said, I will ascend above the clouds. All right, which means he had to launch an attack. This would have been incredible to see. He would have had to launch an attack out of this planet. I mean, literally in the air. Going to heaven to attack God. Yeah, he, exactly. Okay, as Pastor Jamie said, airborne division. Well, all the other ones have to stand and watch. <laughs> Do you understand? So all of these would have been angels that could fly unless they had some kind of, you know, flying whatever. Okay? Who knows? Machines. Whatever. Okay? Because remember, we don't know how long, if there's nations, if there were cities, if there were kingdoms, we don't know what kind of technology would have been developed over that time. Do you understand? See, we, we take a lot of things for granted. We don't realize how much would have happened. You know, they don't just run around in robes and, you know, kind of have nothing to do nothing with. Okay? God knows what all they, they came up with, which then opens all kinds of other doors which I don't want to go through right now. Okay, so we can only imagine what happened. So this war literally had to take place in the heavenly realms. Alright? Because they were, he was out to take down God. So this, if you could just imagine, out of earth comes this huge attack force and it's coming up into heaven. Michael knows this is going on. I reckon some of the angels that try, got, tried to get recruited probably came and said to Michael, we're going to have a problem very soon. And I'm sure Michael said, yeah, I wasn't born yesterday. You know? <laughs> I know what's going on. You know, you know, they're not stupid. 
they would have known what was happening, let alone God riding out Satan anyway. All right? So uh, God wouldn't keep Michael in the dark. Man, that's his general. Like I said, we need to be real with this now. Okay? You would have said, just take him out. He's coming up, go get him. Okay? And that's why it says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels uh, fought back. All right? So notice that. Notice it's interesting. It says Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, which means Michael must have said, this is not getting anywhere close to God. We're taking this down. We're going to take him before he gets any, you know, too close to the, to the throne, which is why it, this now switches in, its, in, it, in the way it says it. So first it says that Lucifer was on his way up. Then it says that Michael took him out on the way down. Okay? While Michael is going down. Okay? <laughs> All right. In other words, let me just read what I have here. Michael saw what was going on. And before the enemy could attack, he took the fight to Lucifer. And for the first time, Lucifer was facing God's personal armed forces. Headed by God's highest ranking angel of war, the mighty archangel Michael. Ta-da! We can see this, right? This is epic. All right? And it was a war that would never be forgotten. With Lucifer's army of angels that numbered around 500 billion, okay, see the note below, being attacked by Michael and his angels. Now, I'm not sure how many of these could fly, so I'm just putting the whole lot in there, okay? But Michael's angels, there would have been twice as many. Not that he would have used all of them, but that's how many was available, because I reckon some of those angels around the throne of God would not have left. I don't think those guys ever moved. So it would have been 1,000 billion minus four. <laughs> okay? All right? Well, I'm just saying. Okay? <laughs> That's about one trillion angels. So Lucifer was cast out a cherubim against an archangel and outnumbered two to one. And so Revelation chapter 12 verses 8 and 9 go on to say, but they, that is the dragon and his angels, did not prevail, obviously, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of all called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. We're going to have to leave it there and pick it up in the next session.